everyone, welcome to the Emotional Man Podcast, where we are discovering how business leaders are building successful families. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Emotional Man Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Tammy Durden here with us. She is a fearless mom, fearless grandma, and fearless CEO and founder of the Fearless Business Boss. Welcome to the show, Tammy. I'm so excited to have you here with us. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. <laughs> As I mentioned, Tammy started this amazing company. And why don't we go ahead and start off talking about the Fearless Business Boss. Can you kind of share with our audience what it is, why you started it, despite having your own family, and who are your dream clients right now? Sure, of course, Joseph, I appreciate it. Fearless Business Boss is a coaching company. So I'm a business coach who ultimately helps women entrepreneurs or online service providers to be able to grow and scale their businesses. And it actually started out from my businesses that I've had over the years. I've been in business for over 15 years. And I started out because my husband's a pastor. We had moved to Virginia. And as ministry doesn't usually equate with riches or <laughs> sometimes even sometimes covering the necessities. And it would be helpful for me to go back to work. And at that point, I had become disabled from multiple sclerosis. And so my MS prevented me from working outside the home. And I began looking at other options. I had corporate experience in accounting as well as administrative. And so I basically started working with a local guy in lead generation and virtual assistant work. And he started having colleagues ask about me. And all of a sudden I had a business booming. And one of the other reasons I knew that if I started gaining clients, I wanted to share them with other disabled entrepreneurs as well, or professionals. And that was an eye-opening experience in itself. But we started a VA agency that later transitioned into a digital marketing, small digital marketing agency. And during that time, I was also mentoring and teaching online and started getting requests for coaching. And so I started the coaching on the side. And at the end of 2020, our wonderful big year for everybody, it became apparent it was time for me to just go into coaching full time and exit the agency. So when you decided to, to go out on your own, what was that like for you? What were some of the thoughts, worries, concerns, hopes you had during that transition phase? That's a big step, that that step to step out, out on your own. That's what really sets entrepreneurs and founders apart. The reality is that it was my company. So that was already something I had started on my own. So in the beginning, Quite honestly, I started the business on accident. I didn't realize I had a business, to be honest. But I also come from a long line of entrepreneurs, my parents own businesses and things like that. Not that they taught me how to run, but they did own them. And so when I started getting more clients, my first client said, Tammy, you have a business here. And I went, no. And he said, Yes, you really do. And then I was like, oh, I do. <laughs> that occurred to me that I really do have a business and that I could also begin to empower other disabled professionals to work from home. What are some of the challenges that come from being a disabled person? Because you mentioned also you have a few health challenges. Mm -hmm. Can you share what those are and how? what does that intersection look like between business and personal health? 
Absolutely. I like to tell people it's okay to work from bed. (laughs) It's something I had to learn the hard way. And I used to insist on no pajamas, getting professionally dressed, going into my office, even at home and all of those things. And then as some days were bad, I had to work from bed. And I learned that was okay too, that work looks different for everyone. Some of my health challenges are, as I said, MS, as well as I was later diagnosed with lupus, diabetes, a lot of other interesting autoimmune. I have autoimmune thyroid, autoimmune psoriasis. So when you have one, you tend to get more autoimmunes, unfortunately. And we just say we keep going for more. (laughs) Not that I want to, but... It seems to happen. But yeah, I think for those with chronic illnesses, the key is balancing that work-life struggle in it. And when I started, I was actually homeschooling three children. (laughs) So that was interesting too. Really? So walk me through when you first started. You had three children. What did your daily routine look like? Sure. When I first started, I started in the corner of our bedroom (laughs) with a little desk, working just a couple hours a week. And then as that grew, we transitioned some of that, but not until my oldest son left the (laughs) nest, so to speak, did I actually get an office of my own because we needed all the bedrooms. It was interesting because I think all of my children understood what I was doing, but we also had the priority that they were priority. And they understood that they could come in anytime and talk to me, but unless I was on the phone or on video, and they usually knew that. I actually, once I had an office, we had created a room in the garage. So when I used that and the door is actually metal, I created a magnet and you can print those nowadays. And I created a magnet sheet that said something like in call or something in a meeting and put it on the inside part of that door. And then they would know that mom's in the middle of something. Now, if it was an emergency, of course, they could always come in. But at least they knew when they were entering, something was going on and to try to be quiet. (laughs) Sammy, you said something really interesting here. You said that they knew that they were a priority. Now, did you actually have a a sit-down conversation with the kids, with the family at any point in time saying, here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it? Or how did they know that what the priorities were? Interesting. I've never said thought about that. But the reality is that I think I always told them that they were most important. I think even before I was, before I had a business, they knew that they were most important regardless. And they came before everybody else did. And they knew that. Not before God and my husband, of course, (laughs) but sometimes we get those all mixed up. So they knew. And as we raised them. We told them that and how much we loved them and that they were a priority. So I don't think when the business came along that I actually sat down with them necessarily and said, you're the priority. But I think by the actions that we took, like doing the sign, things like that, in that respect, I did have conversations like there are times when mom is going to be on the phone or on a video. So just come in quietly if you don't mind. You are still that priority. But I needed to know, was it a real emergency that I needed to stop what I was doing or could it be handled in another way? Like a note passed or (laughs) something like that. (laughs) So your husband was a pastor. You had three kids at home. You're working. You have the kind of like these priorities, God, your husband, your children, your business. Was there any time when 
those priorities came in conflict with each other all the time. Well, <laughs> I can, think that's for all some of stories? us. Like, yeah, how I, did you manage those? Those are big priorities. Right. Yeah, definitely. I think for all of us, that is, that happens daily in different ways, sometimes big and sometimes small ways. But definitely there are times kids come in screaming and you're on the phone and things like that. And you're trying to say, excuse me, I'm sorry. And then trying to put them on hold and then calm them down. Those kinds of things where you just, I think you learn as a business owner to adapt also when you work at home. It's a different kind of environment. It's not the corporate feel and where you can always be focused that moment. So I think you learn and moms, sorry, <laughs> tend to be a little better at multitasking as well because we have to develop that. It, a funny story is that when I had my first major attack with MS, I couldn't multitask anymore. And my three kids would come in at me and I'd be like, wait a minute, one at a time. And I looked at my husband and I remember saying, if this is what you go through, I'm really sorry. <laughs> he would say, I can't focus on all that. And I was like, it got to be a joke. And later I regained the ability. So it's really strange. But now we know multitasking isn't good necessarily. But as moms, we tend to do that. Like we have our head here, but we're in the background, we're cooking this or doing this and talking to one kid and things like that. So I think you just learn to adapt to your environment as well when you work from home, as many had to learn in 2020. I know there were a lot of shocked people at that time who were ready to go back to the corporate world, but a lot of people who really enjoyed it too. And I think it creates a fun environment at times. And I also think that it helped my kids grow up with a different view of business too. And the thought that if they wanted, they could do it too. You know? You've said a couple of things I want to try and dig in a little deeper here. You are the first mom on the show. So congratulations. First grandma well, as well. So this is well, a thank you. highly esteemed <laughs> first ever. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> but there's a lot of women in the workplace who are trying to find personal fulfillment in the workplace while having a family, while having a relationship. And that's a lot for everyone, especially with any kind of cultural family or just childhood ideas and assumptions and programming that you carry into Absolutely. a family relationship. And so what was your experience in managing and developing or evolving your role as a mother, as a business owner, as a wife during this period? Interesting question. Not one I've ever considered really either. But I think that I did have some managerial experience because one of my roles was a retail manager when I was very young. So I did have some managerial experience. I think I was also a natural, I don't want to say leader, but at least manager. And I tend to plan. I like to plan things out. My husband's a spur of the moment, so we fit well. <laughs> and I like to plan things and foresee what's coming down the road. So I think that helped me in business to be able to stay on top of certain things, clients' needs as well as, okay, this child has to be here at this time and that I can leave the office during this time and those kinds of things. So I think that being able to manage and plan many of your guys out there, good managers, leaders, and all of that. 
So I think that's a natural fit for business as well. And it's just a matter of where your heart is and your passion and how you want to prioritize those sometimes. I've heard from several of my friends who are women who (laughs) are working moms as society kind of evolves and as the workplace evolves with the acceptance and kind of gender equality and all the DEI, as we evolve as a society, as our viewpoints on working women and especially working mothers, there's a lot to be said about what's expected of your partner or your spouse if you're both working. How did you handle household tasks, child rearing, child nurturing? How did you and your husband, even if, if you're working conflicted with each other. How did you manage that? Yeah, that's interesting because I was a stay-at-home mom for a period after my corporate life and then until I started the business. And I did some part-time in between when I could. But I think that for one thing, I think he and I had a very good relationship. The other thing is that the disability really changed the way we managed household things in general, because in the evenings, I am not functioning well. So trying to do dinner became a problem. And I can remember after hospitalization, just laying on the couch and yelling to him in the kitchen what to do next. Because <laughs> he, he did great pancakes and waffles, but that was about it. And he said, kids got tired of the corn dogs, right? <laughs> so I was on the couch just yelling, telling him what to do next and everything else in the kitchen. Now, he, he was great before that, doing maybe the weekend breakfast and things like that. He loved to do that. And he had certain tasks that he was like, not love, but okay, I can do this one. So vacuuming was his. The kids helped out to me. The kids, it's important that kids learn chores and roles as well. So for us, that was important part. And then mom took care of the heavy lifting, usually with the overview and filling in all the gaps of everything and doing my own stuff there as well. So I think we had a good mix before I got sick. Then after I got sick, a lot of it went to him and the children, unfortunately. Not that I wanted it to be that way, but yeah, it ended up being that way. I still did some up until a number of years ago, but now it's gotten even more difficult. The funny thing is, though, kids are so resilient, and I can remember they have such a big heart for other people because of the way they were raised. And I can remember even going to the beach one time and I have a use a forearm crutch and the scooter when I'm out or if I'm going to be the forearm crutch I use all the time. But if I'm going to be out long distances at a park or something, I use the scooter. And I can remember being on the beach with the forearm crutch, which is a very difficult task to do, <laughs> just walking <laughs> on the beach, let alone with the forearm crutch. It's hilarious in the water, but <laughs> we had some good times. But anyway, I can remember the kids running ahead on the stairs off of the beach and saying, counting the stairs for me. Mommy, there's only so-and-so stairs and this and that. And just to see them grow up as adults and how caring and giving and how much they give back to others has just been a blessing to me because I think a large part of that was because of my disability. I'm not that we they wouldn't have been, but maybe they wouldn't have been attuned to those kinds of things and others. One of the individuals we've had on the show previously talked about how growing up, saw his dad and he just worked a lot. And that was his job. His job was to work. The household was all for his spouse. And when he started his own company and his wife started asking him like, hey, I really need you home more. Can't you delegate some of this stuff off? It was like this big mindset shift he had to go through. 
Did you ever have to go through those mindset shifts with you and your husband or your children as you stepped into this role of helping providing for the family? Um, absolutely. And I can remember him sitting down and saying, okay, family meeting, you guys need to pick it up. <laughs> you guys, we're asking you to help here. Mommy's working. We need more help from you. You're getting older, those kinds of talks. But at the same time, as I built the agencies, I was also able to delegate, right? So I was able to bring on contracted help to help me with the company. And I transitioned in a way that they actually did all the client work eventually, where I did the managerial and the marketing kind of things, but they did all the client work. So that gave me much more freedom to be gone if I needed to help the kids, whatever it was, it gave me the freedom. I still had to check in and be a part of the business and all those things. But definitely scaling my business in that way, I guess most people would say outsourcing. To me, they were my team and they were my team, my contracted team that I used or subcontractors. And it was great. I learned a lot. You definitely don't get it right the first time. But I've learned a lot, and that really did help me and help me also fill in some of the gaps at home. Yeah. Wow. The family councils always seem to be a... <laughs> family it, meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that if you don't have them, though, you just get these feelings of resentment, frustration, uncommunicated needs. Definitely. One of the questions I love asking is about family success. You know, as business owners, it is so easy to identify what success looks like in a company, whether it's control, ownership, growth, profit, margin, very tangible as a business owner. But how yeah, I think okay. I was going to say, I think it's different for everybody, though. And that's something I had to learn probably took me 12 years into 15 years to learn that my success can look different than everybody else's. It isn't necessarily that million dollar or even a hundred thousand sometimes. It can look different than everybody else's success. And that's what I want to dive into as a family, right? Because there's so many metrics we can look at in the company that's very tangible, very apparent. A lot of business owners are running these very successful companies, what they deem successful, whether that's growth control, culture, whatever it may be, it look like. But it's a lot harder, I think, to define what success looks like for a family. And so I was wondering if you could share your thoughts as a business owner, as a mother, grandmother, how have you defined success for yourself as a working parent? I think in the moment of your children growing up and everything, you can't always see that. It's funny because I'm doing this coaching program called Positive Intelligence. And it was, there's a book out too, but I'm really inundated with it doing certain things. Anyway, it is definitely that our judges get us going, those things that we want to be almost sticklers on that, oh, this kid needs to achieve this, or if they do this, it would be great. And all of those things, and you get caught up in that sometimes. I think for the most part, and definitely being a PK, quote unquote, pastor's kid, it definitely had its expectations on them as well. And we had to constantly tell them nobody else's expectations except God's and ours matter, that kind of thing. But I think in the moments of it, daily life, 
it's hard to see that success. Other people would say, oh, your kids are great and all that. You know, and you're thinking, oh, I'm just glad they behaved with you because <laughs> they always behave better with others. And, and you think, why don't they do that at home? <laughs> but in those moments, it's really hard to see the success you're creating. Now, stepping back as an empty nester, I am so proud of my kids. I'm so proud of the adults they have become. And they're successful in their areas as far as who they are and who they've become. And I'm just really proud of that. They're all great. I want to say kids, but they're adults now. I can't believe I have a 31-year-old. <laughs> that can't be possible. <laughs> and five grandchildren. Like that. <laughs> yes. It's just, it goes like that. Anyway, as you've been learning it as you have children, but I think now the reward is seeing that and also seeing them with their children and how they are interacting with their children and how they parent and all of that too. So I think it's harder in the mix of it. Take the accolades where you can when people tell you kids are great and all of that, because there will be those who also tell you that's not the same thing. But so take the accolades where you can. And one thing I always heard about was taking instruction or criticism or anything like that and running it through a sifter. Take out the gold nuggets that you can use to help yourself be better and throw everything else away. <laughs> because uh, honestly, as parents, we get inundated with information and what you should be doing. And it's horrible, especially social media, always the perfection out there. And it's just awful. And so I think there's so much more expectation today mm -hmm. than ever before in those areas. And so I think you have to learn to take the accolades where you can, know your children and who they are in their heart. And just continue to form those bonds and communication, like you said, is key. It is. And our kids always knew they could talk to us about anything. It didn't matter. It, we had some very interesting dinner conversations, <laughs> but they always knew they could talk to us. And so keeping those lines of communication. And one of the other things I really learned too, especially as they came into adolescence, there were certain places they talk to us more. Like my daughter, she'd come plop down, talk to me anytime. My youngest was always late at night. <laughs> I stayed up so that to keep the communication. My oldest son was in the car. Anytime we're in the car, even today, he talks. <laughs> and so you have to learn your child and where each one really navigates the best in communication with you. I don't know if that answered your oh, question. That, I love that. So one final area we want to go here today, and that is if you could go back and talk to Tammy when she's first starting out, if you could take all the wisdom that you've and all the scars, what would you go back and <laughs> tell young Tammy? <laughs> Probably two things. One is to build a team quicker right off the bat. Don't wait until you have the clients start building the team. The clients will come and then you can immediately give them clients. I waited a long time. I call it the helicopter manager that I played for a long time where they had to do the work, give it to me. I had to check it, give it to the client. And that's a lot to manage. So when I finally released it, let them have the client and I just saw emails when needed and things like that was much better. The second thing, I think I did this for the most part, but just remembering to keep that priority straight. 
And even if that means putting a post-it up or something up that reminds you every day why you're doing this, most of us are doing it for our families and to better our families and to help provide. And so if you miss that mark in itself, it's like ministry. You minister to all these people out here, but if you're not doing it at home, what was the point? Same thing with business. The reason you're doing this is to help your family. But if in the meantime, you lose communication, you lose the ability to talk to your child or the ability to be there when the ball games and all of this, not that you have to, of course, you're going to miss an occasional one. But I'm just saying, keeping those priorities, I think are key. I love that. Thank you so much, Tammy. Tammy, if there's someone out there who really needs your services, first off, describe the type of person who could really benefit from your services, uh, Fearless Business Boss. Sure. I mostly work with online service providers. I love helping them. I used to even help startups, which I would still do if somebody's just starting up. But mostly I help them now grow and scale. So whether it's growing through analysis and revenue means, or if it's scaling through building a team and adding a team, I help them do that so that they can have an agency or just grow if they want. And if they wanted to check out your services, I I have your website here. It's fearlessbusinessboss.com. I think you also have some free offers for anyone who's listening today. What are some of the offers they can get? They they want to come check you out and start getting some value from you. Sure. Thanks. I have a weekly blog. I also have a weekly email that goes out and I try to give a little more to the email (laughs) of some specials and different things going on. But I also have some, I have a scaling your business free checklist. It's pretty thorough. And then I have a social media checklist for my digital marketing to help guide you through that as well. And then just if they just want to book a time with me, I have a free mini session they can have. So that's on my website also. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your wisdom and just sharing your experience with us, Tammy. Everyone, this is Tammy Durden, founder and CEO of Fearless Business Boss. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been wonderful. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Emotional Man podcast. If you're a business leader whose family's in pain and you're looking for a change in direction, I invite you to join our eight-week family turnaround program, which gives families just like yours the tools and skills you need to reconnect, heal, and lead your family turnaround. You can learn more by clicking on the link in today's show notes and description. We'll see you soon.